This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. If you missed any of our show, check out one of our repeats. You can catch Kelly and Ramya again at 10 p.m. and 6 a.m. Eastern. I remember the first day of Kelly and Company, more than six years ago, when we got to the beginning of the second hour, it was like, whew. <laughs> yeah. They Relief. one of them and kind of... Feeling that way today as we get to the uh, end of the first hour of Kelly and Rumya. Kelly McDonald here. Uh, I am a uh, six foot tall uh, black male. I'm wearing a gray fedora today, a black uh, sport coat uh, with a blue shirt underneath. Rumya? Yes, I am five foot zero and I am a Sri Lankan Canadian female. I'm residing in Toronto and at the AMI studios right now. Uh, medium brown skin, long black hair, and wearing a black jean jacket over a purple blouse. Awesome. I am sitting here, folks, with my backdrop uh, behind me of Toronto and the CN Tower over my left shoulder. Thank you for being with us wherever you are, hanging in, listening and watching on AMI-tv and, of course, on AMI-audio or checking out the podcast. One of the most wonderful things Rumi and I get to do is settle back and visit with our community reporters on the program. Mm -hmm. What are they, you might ask, folks? Well, from different regions across the country, they stop in once a month, each of them, to, to visit with us and let us know about things going on in their regions. Today we welcome in for our BC Community Report, Carol Leopold joins us right now to talk to us a little bit about things going on there. We've got a few things on the list. Carol, welcome back to the program. Thank you. Happy New Year to both of you. Happy New Year. Thank you. Best of the uh, year to you. Let's start out by talking about an exhibition that is at the Vancouver Art Gallery coming up soon. Yes, well, thanks for that introduction. This is a really interesting show by the social practice artist Carmen Papalia, and it's called Provisional Structures. The idea that Carmen has in his work is to question access uh, issues of, of disability justice, of access. And so the Vancouver Art Gallery has given him three gallery rooms, and in those rooms, he, along with other artists who he calls his co-conspirators have have put together a show that people can come to and really have a gathering place to look at his art, hear his art, uh, touch other pieces of art, and really discuss issues of of access in public space, especially in, in artistic space. Mm -hmm. It's interesting because... I mean, Carol, I'm sure you've gone to check out so many different things and, and, and people say, oh, no, 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 you can't touch it. Let me tell you about it. And yeah, okay, nice if someone has the time, but if you wanted to go to some, see something like this on your own, can I get access? Can I touch any? Is there anything here to touch? And a lot of time we'll go see things and maybe there's four things that you're able to touch out of 25 or 100. And a lot of our life we're just, oh, okay, and accept that. So when you see any attempts, whether it's a touch tour for a play or something at an art gallery, you're just blown away. Well, that's exactly right, Kelly. And I think these are the issues that are at the heart of Carmen Papalia's work and practice. So the fact that the Vancouver Art Gallery is giving him this space, the, the show went up in December, and it's actually going on until April 16th. The VAG is open every day of the week, uh, 10 to 6, and on Tuesdays and Sundays, it's from 12 to 8. And they're even offering free workshops starting January 20th. They have to, you have to pre-register for that. But right. they're intended to really bring together members of the disability community to speak about and, and hear others' points of view about what constitutes real access mm -hmm. and how can some of these so-called provisional structures change to allow people like us with low vision or people who are blind or people who have other disabilities full and complete access to to life to in public spaces yeah. so i just want to mention to pre-register for those free workshops uh you should call 604 662-4700 and ask 
to be registered. They do require pre-registration, but there are five of these special workshops being offered as part of the exhibition. Amazing. Uh, you know, before the break, the holiday break in December, we talked to Johnny Tai briefly, um, and he was talking about some of the incredible tactile art that he's been making as a blind person. And I think that there's just so many wonderful artists out there, first of all. And secondly, that art is such an interpretive, uh, you know, feature, right? Like the way that we connect with art is so individual, it's so personal. And Unfortunately, no matter how incredible the intention might be for audio description or other kinds of, um, you know, human-made access, the it's all go-between. It's all somebody's interpretation of somebody's interpretation of somebody's interpretation. <laughs> and really, that just means that I'm not getting the direct feel of the art. So anywhere we can have these conversations, I think, is so powerful. So thank you for bringing that to us. Now, let's continue because there's another great thing going on. Savor summer in winter at Queen Elizabeth Park. Well, it is the new year and we sometimes get the winter blahs. But I want to tell you, here in the center of Vancouver, there is a glass-domed conservatory. And you walk in the door of the Bodell Conservatory and you get this blast of warm, humid air and you feel like, oh, my God, I've gone to vacation in Hawaii and I'm just I've just taken a bus across town. It's a beautiful, beautiful space. And it's right on top of Queen Elizabeth Park. And it's open every day of the week. And for six dollars and ninety cents, you can spend the afternoon there. I see now the holiday lights. The holiday lights have been extended until January 29th. But even if you can't see the holiday lights, the smells of, of these plants and the warm, humid air and the sounds, there are more than 100 uh, birds in this place and more than 500 tropical species of plants. You can touch the plants, the ferns, the palms. It is such a beautiful experience. It happens to be about 10 minutes from my house and I go there fairly often, but in the middle of winter, it just occurred to me, hey, this is almost like being outdoors, but it's better because it's warm. Mm. I wow. love that. Me too. Yeah. I, I like, how, how much time do you spend there, would you say, especially in the winter and especially with you guys having rougher weather lately? Well, indeed so. I think you could go for a couple of hours and have a lovely time. There's a circular path. It's very gently graded. So if you're blind or low vision, it is not hard to access. And there are park benches or, or benches of a sort that are located throughout the place. So I just sit myself down and sometimes I go with a friend. Sometimes I take a cup of coffee and just drink in literally mm. the sensory experience of being in this place. It is a beautiful, beautiful getaway and you feel like you've you've gone to a different atmosphere completely. That's amazing. The kind of work that's put into um, making it feel that natural, that authentic. Well, they have a real horticulturalist, I think, who you know tends the gardens. You can yeah. see them around taking care of the nice. birds and the plants, and so it's it's done with expertise for sure. Wow, oh, that's great. What a beautiful nugget in the middle of town, you know. And again, I think, of course, we're always teasing our Vancouver guests. Oh, well, you guys have such wonderful weather, really, year-round, maybe 10 minutes of snow at some point. So, of course, we're very quick to say, oh, wow, this would be great in somewhere like up in the Yukon where it's a longer winter or something like that. So we'll have to suggest that out there. Uh, something really wonderful here going on too, Carolyn, your last item, celebrating that Branwell Bramwell Toby, uh, his life and music. Fill us in. Well, Bramwell Toby was the music director of the Vancouver Symphony for almost 20 years. And he died sadly last summer uh, of cancer. And so the VSO has put together a sort of tribute memorial concert to him at the Orpheum Theater on January 15th, 2 p.m. It's a Sunday. And of course, it's lovely to go to the Orpheum, and that was where Bramwell Tovey led so many concerts that I attended of the Vancouver Symphony. And it would be wonderful to be there if you feel like getting out and doing that. However, 
for $15, you can get the live event streamed online. And actually, that's what I'm going to do, because that way, the sound is great. It doesn't matter where you sit. And and you can see as much as you can with your, your TV setup. They have put together such a great program. There are three different conductors who have been associated with Maestro Tovi, as well as the superstar Canadian violinist, James Ennis, and the Canadian soprano, Tracy Dahl, are all part of it. There are two new works composed by composers who live here in Vancouver and were very closely associated with Bramwell Tovey. Uh, one is the principal trumpet in the orchestra, Marcus Goddard, and the other is a wonderful composer, Jocelyn Morlock, who was composer in residence with the Vancouver Symphony for a number of years. So it's a very generous program of music that Composers that Bramwell Tovey loved and was associated with, um, Beethoven, Elgar, Mahler, and it's just a wonderful way to spend a Sunday afternoon. And it's an online event, so that means it's accessible to absolutely everyone. Mm -hmm. mm. I think when you talk about having different conductors, it's so cool because each conductor has that different way, their way of of conducting of uh, really getting the message the way they want to, to convey to, to you, that listener, via the orchestra, uh, that style of, of what they're doing. So I think that's pretty amazing. You're so right. And it should lend real variety to the program to see how different conductors, you know, take up the baton and then lead the orchestra. It's yeah. nice that we have tremendous. so many options now, like even to have a concert or a theater experience or any anything like that you don't even have to leave your home anymore mm. which is fantastic well that's been the the beauty of covid i guess we've all mm. become accustomed to yeah. to tuning in online yeah and almost... still make it that you're likely to show up right Leary? yeah and pay and actually be there to support well, it's 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 right. nice again, as we always say, Carol, to have choice of different things, and I guess that's one of the things the pandemic has left us. We'll talk to you next month, Carol. Nice to have you on board as usual. Welcome. Great, thanks so much, Carol Opal, our community reporter in Vancouver, British Columbia. We speak to our community reporters once a month here on Kelly and Company. We have them on throughout the week, uh, so do tune in again as we uh, have them file past us. Coming up next, we have our monthly guide dog report with Devin Wilkins. That's ahead right here on Kelly and Rumya. Don't go away. There's more great conversation with Kelly and Ramya right around the corner. Catch the best of Kelly and Ramya weekends at 2 p.m. Eastern on AMI-audio. Our look at the most entertaining and compelling moments from the past week. Wherever you're listening in around the world, maybe on AMI-audio or right from AMI.ca, wonderful to have you. If you're checking us out through AMI-tv, we're waving at you, saying welcome to the program. And uh, if, you're, if we're new to you, thanks for giving us some time. I'm Kelly McDonald with Ramya Movin. I feel like, yeah, as you talk about these gestures, I should probably do it. Like, waving at you. Okay, I've got it. I'm, I'm getting used to TV. Thanks, Kels. On the second Monday of each month, we're joined by Devin Wilkins, and she joins us to give us a, a report on guide dogs and service animals. Do you have a soft spot for dogs with jobs? I'm Devin Wilkins, here with the latest news from the world of guide and service dogs. Devin, it's so nice to have you on as we launch into AMI-tv, having you on the first day. Thank you for coming. Well, thanks for having me, and uh, Happy New Year to you, and a hearty congratulations on Kelly and Ramya. 
Thank you. Well, we appreciate you staying on board. And of course, every month as you do, bringing to us news and uh, things to look forward to, sometimes things to complain about when it comes to guide dogs and service animals, because we know that things are not perfect um, for people, uh, users of guide dogs, users of service animals. But we like to talk about the good stuff and the bad stuff. Speaking mm -hmm. of which, you have some news for us from Leader Dogs uh, for the Blind. I do, indeed. Um I should explain, first of all, that Leader Dogs for the Blind is in Rochester Hills, Michigan, which is uh, uh, a few miles out of Detroit. And uh, just so and uh, just so that uh, you understand, they also take uh, clients from Canada, and I think they've also had um, people from uh, Colombia and Spain. So they do reach out uh, to people. And the first piece of news I have for you is that um, they're going to host a webinar of about teen opportunities at Leader Dogs. And it's going to be on January 18th at 3 o'clock Eastern. And uh, one of the things they're going to talk about is their free teen summer camp. And uh, they'll give you all sorts of information as far as registration dates and uh, what you need to do to apply and that sort of thing. And uh, they'll also talk about um, youth opportunities uh, for um, orientation, uh, orientation and mobility. Okay. Mm. Both and of these are interesting. Sorry, is there more? Uh, all sorts of dates, and uh, and uh, that will be on once again January the eighteenth at three o'clock. Um, and I think that uh, you will be putting. The link on your blog, is that right? Mm -hmm. Yes, of course. ami.ca slash kellyco is the mm -hmm. blog and was the blog. So your information will go up there. Now, Devin, is this open to people who are, uh, you know, thinking of getting guide dogs? It doesn't necessarily have to be. You mentioned the age groups, but who might be interested? Uh, well, certainly uh, teens. It's mm -hmm. open to the um, uh, They'll be talking about uh, the opportunities that will be available during the summer for teens. But I would say that if you want to know anything about uh, what the uh, leader dog training program is like or whatever, I, I don't uh, see why you couldn't join in. Okay. Yeah, yeah I mean, really great. exactly. And it's lovely having this kind of information session because you might be going in there with absolutely no idea or very little idea what the process will be, uh, what the lifestyles may be. And I'm sure they're going to answer all that. And very yes, open to younger people now, right, Devin? This is something that has been that trend over the last, I don't know what, 10, 15 years. Yeah, that's true. Uh, perhaps as young as... Um, uh, 16 or maybe even uh, younger, mm -hmm. 13 or 14, um, because uh, dogs seem to be more accepted in schools uh, and that sort of thing. So I, I don't see why, uh, why not. Right. I think it's a good opportunity to get um, good mobility and orientation skills. Yeah, well, and it's so important to have that getting around, whether it's with a cane or a dog, certainly. Devin, uh, off the top, Ramya mentioned that we get into many different topics with you, and sometimes um, they're not pleasant, the subjects that we have to cover. The next piece of news that you have to talk to us about is about you and your guide dog, Frankie. Uh, you wished us a happy new year, but the year didn't quite come in the way you'd hoped. Uh, no, it didn't. Uh, in fact, on January 1st, uh, my family and I, I was in Ottawa at the time, my family and I ended uh, up taking Frank again to the emergency veterinary clinic. And um, he was eventually diagnosed with stage three lymphoma. 
And uh, so I know that I've learned more about lymphoma in the past few days than I ever wanted to know, but it is necessary to uh, learn these things. So um, at the uh, risk of um, taking a little bit of uh, Dr. John Kine's thunder, I thought I would pass along some information uh, about it to our listeners. And lymphoma is cancer, and it's um, this uh, type that he has is a systemic type of uh, lymphoma. Um, apparently, it's more like the non-Hodgkin's lymphoma than it is Hodgkin's lymphoma. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's um, one of the more common uh, types of cancers that dogs get between uh, 15 and, and 20 uh, percent of newly diagnosed cases of cancer are uh, lymphoma. And there are certain breeds that are more predisposed to it than others. And I think there are 11 or 12 types of dogs that can get it, but I'm going to mention three that would be of uh, most interest to uh, guide and service dog users, and uh, those would be the Golden and the German Shepherd and the Poodle. Um, there are several types of uh, lymphoma, um, but the one that uh, Frankie has is uh, more systemic so that there are lymph nodes, enlarged lymph nodes all over the place, like his neck, his chest, armpits, groins, and uh, behind the knees. Um, the diagnosis is usually done with, um, by way of what they call a needle, a fine needle aspirate which uh, is, involves putting a needle into a fine needle into a lymph node and drawing out uh, some of the fluid so that they can send it away. And if for some reason they can't do that, then they'll resort to uh, surgical uh, removal of a lymph node for um, uh, biopsy. And uh, that's um, the most common way of, of diagnosing. Lymphoma uh, treatment, uh, if it's systemic, it will be with uh, chemotherapy. Um, and uh, the, uh, the chemo uh, could last uh, a, a few months. Um, eventually, though, the, uh, the cancer will overtake the effectiveness of the chemo. Mm. As far as prognosis is concerned, um, without chemo, um, it would be four to six weeks. And with uh, chemo, um, nine months, they might also, rather than using chemotherapy, they might also try a, a steroid treatment, which won't last quite as long as the, the chemo will. So as far as Frankie is concerned, I'm waiting on pins and needles today to hear what they decide uh, they want to do. Um, he is a, a dog from Canadian Guide Dogs, um, which means that they own the dog technically. Uh, I say he's my dog and he feels like my dog uh, cool. for sure, um, but they will make the final decision as uh, to what is going to happen or not. So it's I, a tough uh, prognosis. Um, yes. It really is, no matter which of, of, of the choices that are there that they and you uh, come to, Devin. So, and, and as a, a guide dog, uh, as you say, owner, and that, that is your pup, no matter what, Oh, yeah. um, this has got to be one of the, one, those moments in life, incredibly tough. Um, yeah, especially is. feeling the way you must when it comes to the prognosis. Can you share that with us in the sense of how you feel? Uh, well, I, I feel a little shell-shocked. Mm 
I've been telling people to begin with because I had, until the 1st of January, I had absolutely no idea that there was anything going on. And I have my hands all over my dog, so I, I don't understand why I didn't feel any enlarged lymph nodes. So it's like a, a major surprise that I was definitely not prepared for. And uh, I I don't know exactly how I'll feel after I, I get the uh, definite decision on things. I, I'll feel terrible. I'm heartbroken about Certainly. losing Frankie at, at any point because We've been together a little over six years, 24-7. So um, I'll have to get used to it. I'll have to um, get used to using a cane again. And um, I'm trying to remain as optimistic and as busy as possible. <laughs> and as supportive, I'm sure, to Frankie as well, because we know you're both going through it. And um, you've had guide dogs before Frankie so it's it's never something that you can get used to to part your dog especially mm -hmm. like you said 24 7 he is your yeah. your dog you know and we thank you so much for sharing with us it's really really emotional Devin but um before we let you go do you mind telling us the latest for spotlight on assistant dogs yeah uh, so uh, I have a show called spotlight on assistance dogs on the global voice which uh, whose link I forgot to send to you. I can do that. Um, uh, but it's on the third Friday of the month. And um, I found uh, another article from uh, Leader Dogs on how a pup feels about the changes that it has to go through from the time that it leaves its mum and the rest of its litter mates until the time that he or she begins to train with a new master or a handler, I should say. And uh, so it's it's kind of humorous. Um, you, you kind of feel sorry for the pup because uh, <laughs> so many things are, are happening. Yes. Uh, but it's um, informative. Mm -hmm. uh, I'll call it that. All your episodes of uh, Spotlight on Assistant Dogs are always informative, Devin, so it's a great one to start the year off with. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to talking with you next month. You bet. Take good care. All the love to you and Frankie. Devin Wilkins joins us on the second Monday of each month for uh, our talk about guide and service dogs. Coming up next on the program, we look back at some of the important issues we've talked about in 2022 and try to figure out which ones will be still important in 2023 on Know Your Rights with Danielle McLaughlin next. It's fun, insightful, and inclusive. Kelly and Ramya return in a minute. Take Kelly and Ramya with you on the go. You can stream AMI-audio on your desktop or mobile devices. Find us on TuneIn Radio, OOTunes, and as a preset on your Victor Reader stream. Or head to AMI.ca slash listen live for our live feed. We know some of you are looking at us saying, who are these strangers? Ever seen these guys? Hey, where's the show I usually watch now? Ha! Well, we're going to interrupt you a couple of times in a weekday, that is, ladies and gentlemen, for sure. Monday to Fridays, we're here from 2 to 4 p.m. Then the repeats of the show start, uh, 10 p.m. and, of course, 6 a.m. in the morning. It's Kelly and Ramya and you out there, wherever you're checking us out from. We appreciate having you on board. And we do so much on the program, Ramya, conversation after conversation. Devin Wilkins uh, in our last segment, and Devin's with us once a month. And um, I think that's going to be the hardest, Ram, making sure that we let people know when people are going to be back. Uh, yeah, that's true, because if it's... Uh, we have a combination, right, of weekly, bi-weekly, and monthly contributors, so it can definitely take a while to keep track. It has for us. 
Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and unfortunately, it's become so second nature for us just to, hey, we'll see you next week or see you next month. Yeah. But not necessarily put that in context for you. So we'll do our best, ladies and gentlemen. But uh, if you're used to the old Kelly and Company show, same show, folks. Same cast of characters. As a matter of fact, it's our first Monday discussion with Danielle McLaughlin. This is our Know Your Rights segment. Did you know that everyone has rights? No matter who we are, we all qualify. But what happens when freedoms collide? The answers are rarely simple, but always interesting. Join me, Danielle McLaughlin, to talk about civil liberties and human rights on Know Your Rights. Danielle, thanks for being with us. Happy New Year. And have to Happy say, New it's a bit of a tough first episode we're having here with everybody on AMI-TV um, with, with a bit of a, a trend in the program. Some of the not so great news, but of course also lots of wonderful content and conversations. But could you lead with us discussing something you shared with us over the time we were off air? Um, who's Mark Bookman? I, I'd like to take a minute to remember Mark Bookman. Now, some of our listeners may remember that Mark joined us several times from Japan. Um, Mark was a remarkable young man. He was born in 1991, and in, that means, uh, in my view, he was very young. And he died on December the 16th, very suddenly and unexpectedly in Tokyo, where he was continuing his work on disability rights in Japan. He was a scholar of disability rights. He knew a great deal, probably more than nearly anyone, about um, disability in Japan and how disability had shaped uh, Japanese policy. He also was one of the consultants to the Paralympics in Tokyo in 2020. So he was one of the people who you know, helped to make those Paralympics accessible. Um, he had a TED talk about uh, accessibility in Japan, a very difficult subject, but a very important one. Um, and he also created an app while he was a graduate student at the University of Pennsylvania for people who use mobility devices and wanted to get around the campus. And it was a crowdsourced app and everybody who could uh, contributed to it so to make it easier for people to get around. Now, I met Mark through my son, who's a professor of Japanese religious studies. Uh, my son had met him at a conference while Mark was a graduate student, and my son was incredibly impressed with his knowledge and his ability and just his general good guyness. And um, when my son was visiting Japan in December, he sent me a message to tell me that as he had arrived in Tokyo, he had learned about Mark's passing. So I just wanted to remember him. He was a very important person, and his passing leaves a huge gap um, for the disability community and for the scholarly community in Japan. And um, I just wanted to be able to say that, that we will miss him. No, absolutely, Danielle, and thank you for taking the time. We, as you mentioned, had uh, several conversations with Mark here on the show. Those were very powerful conversations. So I can't imagine, you know, day in, day out, the amount of uh, teachings that he was bringing out to the world where he was and just in general. Can you remind us of some of those convos we've had here on Know Your Rights? Yeah, um, he well, first of all, when you mentioned teaching, I, I it made me remember that Mark had won teaching awards while he was uh, a PhD candidate. He had also been teaching and apparently was very good at it, a very good teacher. Mm. But um, I think that, that he told us uh, he followed up an article that he himself had written for the Japan Times about what it had been like for him to try to find an accessible place to live in Tokyo and the struggles that he had gone through and how um, ludicrously difficult it was to get a flat where he could get his um, electric wheelchair in through the door and just all of the, the difficulties of getting through the transit system and how he had been successful in complaining about it and, and having changes made. And the same went for the uh, Tokyo Paralympics in 2020. He had really made a difference. And so we talked with him about that. But he also told us about the history of blind people in Japan and how their pol the, the policies about accessibility in Japan had been informed very early on 
by blind people um, who contributed to uh, creating government policy, something I had known nothing about, but he was remarkably knowledgeable. So I, those are those are some of the topics that, that we, we spoke with, with Mark about uh, in our conversations. And I just wanted to add that Mark never once complained at get about getting up at four o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I was thinking of that. The time yeah. difference was the time enormous. It was cruel, and he never complained about it. He was and he was ready to roll as oh, soon yeah. as we were. Spoke so elegantly at four. If I could mm -hmm. be so. Uh, you know, smart, bright, and a conversationalist at four in the morning and make as, uh, even half the sense that he right? made all the time. No. The lessons he taught us, uh, Danielle, tremendous. And tremendous, definitely, remarkable uh, man. Yeah. Well, we will um, miss him. What a footprint he left. For sure. Now, I would like yeah, to talk sure. about Can we as look we back follow at, up. Uh, 2020. Well, Danielle, we're uh, losing Kelly. We're just going to try to get him back. Okay. But in the meantime, let's talk about more about 2022. So Mark uh, Bookman, yeah. of course, was so impactful on our show and our Know Your Rights conversations. What are some of these other uh, topics for anyone maybe tuning in for the first time here today? Um, let's talk about all the kinds of things we cover here and uh, the controversy that comes up on these weekly conversations. I, we, don't, <laughs> we get into some wonderful discussions. Yes. And as as I looked back over 2022, I thought, wow, we really ranged wildly and widely. So among the, the issues, and this is in no particular order, mm -hmm. we spoke about the rights of older people and how difficult it is for some older people to know that they have rights. We talked about proposed legislation that would penalize Holocaust denial and how that would actually have the side effect of limiting all kinds of issues around freedom of expression. We talked about the rise in hate crimes during COVID mm -hmm. and how that uh, had, particularly with regard to um, hate crimes against Asian uh, people that uh, are people who are being perceived as Asian as other people chose to uh, blame them for COVID. Yeah. We talked about police illegally searching people. What's a, what's a legal search? What's a search? And what can you do about that? We talked with SIRA, uh, which is the Center for Equality Rights and Accommodation, about a particular case where a, a person with a disability, a blind person, was discriminated against because the landlord decided he didn't want to, and I'm using air quotes here, take the risk of having him, uh, you know, harm come to harm in his house, and Sira uh, um, took this to a uh, a human rights uh, uh, tribunal. We talked about how do you complain if you feel you've been discriminated against in in your uh, accommodation or housing. Mm -hmm. And that was really, uh, Danielle, a tremendous conversation because so many of us find one way or another, we feel that way, we, we think about what action we can take, and right. but have no idea where to go with that. Mm -hmm. Well, that's right. And I think that, that that's kind of a theme we've had a few times uh, in mm -hmm. the last year. How do you complain? Because as people who've listened to us before, um, will remember, and people who are going to be continuing as our listeners, how to complain is very important because yes. among your many rights is the right to complain. And if you are not being treated fairly, um, you retain the right to complain about that. How effective your complaint mm -hmm. uh, will be is a different story. But, you know, if you don't complain, no one will know there's anything wrong. That's right. So you, you got to start somewhere. Um we talked on a number of occasions about the use of the Emergencies Act last winter um, and uh, during the uh, occupation of Ottawa and other places by the truckers. And we talked uh, about the inquiry that followed. And um, as they say, this has legs. We're going to be talking about this in 2023 because a report will be issued from that inquiry uh, in 2023. And we're going to be speaking with some of the, the uh, participants about, you know, their view on that report. Was it well done? What did they miss? What, what should be followed up further? Um, we talked about uh, the mandate for vaccinations in schools and for truckers for, for COVID-19. Was that fair to mandate vaccinations? 
If not, why not? Um, you know, what other vaccinations other than COVID-19 are mandated and should they be, shouldn't they be? So we had a lot of questions about that. I would when say that more questions, Danielle, because of what went on, government steps mandating, because we, before the pandemic, we talked on the program about situations where should children be vaccinated? Should they not? Yeah. How does that impact people around them? How do you feel about taking away, you know, a parent's right and saying, well, no, sorry, your child has to be or you can't That's come right. in here. Uh, we had those conversations and now yeah. three years past uh, uh, through a pandemic, those conversations still happen in different ways. They're not going to go away anytime soon Never. either, Kelly. I mean, as we are, are aware, listening to various media, there is, uh, you know, the, the new version of COVID they're calling Kraken, you know, this this new subvariant that looks highly, highly contagious. Um, some people are choosing to ignore it, hoping it will go away. And others are saying, get those boosters as soon as you possibly can. So, are, you know, are schools going to mandate um, masks again? Are they going to mandate uh, vaccinations? What about other workplaces? We'll, we'll see where that one goes. Yeah. But again, not going away anytime soon. Um, we talked about the uh, United States Supreme Court striking down Roe versus Wade, the uh, right to abortion in the United States. And then we compared it with Canada, which has no law against abortion. Mm -hmm. um, and we talked about whether, uh, you know, what is going on south of the border will trickle north or one, in my opinion, would like to think that perhaps uh, our way of thinking might trickle south. Right. We don't know. That was a very um, memorable conversation because uh, a yes. lot about the intersectionality came up, mm -hmm. right, of That's being right. a woman, being a woman with a disability, um, what it's like to have, you know, federal mandates versus state to state to state and what it's going to look like for people trying to move out <laughs> as soon yeah, as they that's right. yeah, started to experience um, what it would be like to, to have uh, abortion illegalized and it's just uh, well, so it still continues and, and you know the question of you know why should uh young women today have fewer rights than their mothers had exactly you know does that does that seem does fair? that sound strange to you like wow yeah. very strange yeah. to me and are, are we going to be seeing more americans coming to canada mm -hmm. to get access to procedures they can't get uh, in their home state we'll see we also talked uh, to people from the Arch Advocacy Center, and they helped us understand how they go to court, how they fight for the rights of disabled people. When that that falls under the the rubric of how to complain, because they're an excellent um, advocacy center who, that have made a lot of headway uh, when it comes to the rights of of people living with this a variety of disabilities, and they they have uh, you know taken important cases of course we talked about the british monarchy because you know mm -hmm. how could you yeah. stop talking about the british monarchy um i you know when we talked about it uh, when the queen passed away we talked about whether in fact canada should retain a british monarch as the head of government because now king charles iii is the head of the canadian government we talked about how do we feel about that and is it time to become a republic the way some of the other former, um, you know, parts of the British Empire have chosen to, to go? So that may be an issue that, that comes back, depending on what happens in the world. Um, we talked about a very important issue, which is how some schools are excluding children with disabilities. Mm -hmm. um, and and it, it's happening in a variety of different schools across the country. Uh, how schools are using a child's disability instead of saying, you know, how can we accommodate this child and working out with the families how to accommodate the children. It's just easier in the cases of some children to say, uh, we can't do that. You'll have to keep your kid home today, for the week, for the month, for the year. And what can we do about that? You know, children have a right to a public education. You know, how can we make sure that all children, particularly children with disabilities, get access to that, right? Very important. Again, an issue of intersectionality, Ramya, as you mentioned, um, you know, which kinds of children with disabilities are we seeing most discriminated against, mm. right? 
Um, medical assistance in dying is an issue that we have spoken about in different ways at different times. Um, the issue has arisen uh, it, it, toward the end of, of 2022, and I'm sure it's not going to go away about the idea, the notion, or in case, in some cases, cases where people have been offered medical assistance in dying people who have disabilities because they're living in deep poverty and they simply can't get the necessities of life should they be, you know, offered an opportunity not to stay alive. I mean, that is quite horrifying when you think about it. But is that something that, that is going to continue? Is there some way when they review the legislation around medical assistance in dying that we can ensure that um, people are protected and not offered something they haven't requested in the first you place? Bet. Danielle, we're going to have to stop the list there with a few things left that we did cover for sure. And we'll get into those uh, and cover that. But um, as usual... Lots covered last year. Lots ahead. Thank you. Lots ahead. Thank you so much. And I'll see you next Monday. Yeah, well, these new rights issues arise almost every day. Danielle McLaughlin joins us at this time every week right here on the program. So do join us next Monday when she's here hanging out to tell us so much more. Boy, what a huge list that was. Well, we'll wrap up the show. Tell you a little bit about what's coming up on Now at Dave Brown. We will revisit our contest, folks. A chance for you to win a wonderful prize. We'll get into that after this. We'll be back with more of Kelly and Ramya after this short break. Stream or download Kelly and Ramya and other AMI-tv content on demand using the AMI app. Search for AMI on the Apple App Store, download the app, and find all your favorite AMI-TV content with described video and closed captioning. Welcome back to Kelly and Ramya. At this point in the program, well, we, we call it the wrap, but we venture back and just think about a couple of the segments maybe during today's program that we want to mention. In case you're checking us out via the podcast or one of the repeats, Ramya, uh, go ahead. Where would you like to kind of point a finger at and say, hey, that was a nice one to go back to. Not that any of them aren't. Oh, man, they're all great. But yes, of course, uh, going back to almost the beginning of the show, Michael Babcock talked about his theme of the year, amongst other things that we chatted about. But this one is all about simplicity and productivity and trying to simplify the way that you do things through all the different tips he's going to bring to us uh, over this year. And I love it because there's so much out there, Kels, and he's going to kind of simplify it for us by bringing it onto the show in these 15-minute increments into how we can better our workflows and make things easier for ourselves. So I'm really psyched about that. That's really amazing. And it was. It was great. Michael always has such a variety, ladies and gentlemen. So there's always something for everyone out there at some point during his segment. Um, our community reporter in BC, actually in Vancouver, Carol April, joined us today on the program. And I have to point out, community reporters, because for those of you new to the show, really a wonderful way to find out what's happening in your region. Uh, that one nugget once a month that you might listen to and say, hey, that's for me in these reports. Uh, we do them throughout the week here on the program. So please uh, listen and watch for those. Uh, and Carol had a wonderful one today with a few great items and really gave us a wonderful picture of what it's like in downtown Vancouver, even during the ice storms and snow and stuff they've had lately, unusual to them. To be able to sit in this beautiful biosphere and enjoy uh, sitting on a bench, going for a walk, taking your coffee, and enjoying the, the vegetation and the experience of being there. So uh, some really key things on the program. Check it out through the uh, podcast, the Kelly and Romeo podcast, available to you out there. Subscribe using your favorite podcatcher, please. We'd like to welcome in Paul Daniel. He's one of the producers from the gang over there at Now with Dave Brown, their show on AMI-tv at 9 a.m. in the morning, uh, the repeat of the show at 5 p.m. Eastern time, and, of course, available as a podcast as well. Paul, what's happening tomorrow on your program? Hey, Kelly, on tomorrow's show, Megan Gilmore, accessibility reporter, will give us the latest on the revisions to the medical, medical assistance in dying legislation that the federal government is currently considering, as well as the status of the much-discussed Canada Disability Benefit. Nelson Rego from Coolbine Tech will explain how to change text size on your iPhone. And since it is Tuesday, we'll have the first news quiz of 2023. 
We're back at it again. Sweet. All right. What a throwdown. And welcome to you guys back, Paul. The beautiful set Dave was on this morning. Mm -hmm. And of course, like us, uh, that, that stable of contributors and reporters. Uh, good luck in uh, 2023 with, for you guys. You too, Kelly. Paul Daniel, one of the producers at Now at Day Brown, joining us to uh, tell us what's coming on their show, 9 a.m. in the morning, right here on AMI. Uh, Ramya, would you give us a little tee up again? We today are in the position to launch a wonderful contest. Yes, that's right. Go back when we're listening to the podcast and revisit the conversation we had with Ashley Eakin as well, uh, disabled writer and director. She had a fabulous perspective about our state in representation uh, of people with disabilities in media. But here we go. So the Dream Big Contest, which is running right now until February 8th, you can enter for a chance to win a Temper Pro Adapt mattress. And Tempur-Pedic mattresses are designed with one-of-a-kind Temper material to precisely adapt to your weight, your shape, your temperature, and it offers you unmatched comfort and support. For the complete rules and how to enter, you can go to ami.ca slash krcontest and find out more. And as I said, if you want to Google them yourself, T-E-M-P-U-R-P-E-D-I-C, Tempur-Pedic. Wow, love it, and sounds like something for everyone in that mattress and everybody taken into account. On our program tomorrow, we return at 2 p.m. Eastern Time. Our veterinarian, Danielle Johnkind, shares some amazing animal stories. Sometimes our animal friends are amazing, and they impress us with uh, physical or mental skills we had no idea they had. I'm looking forward to that conversation on the program. We also are talking collections and hobbies. This is a once-a-month feature, and we get all kinds of guests on tomorrow Karen McGee is joining us she's got tons to talk about for collections and tomorrow she's featuring her children's books that she's collected over the years did she uh, think to you any of the ones in mind um, let's see Lucy Montgomery um, she talked about right. Nancy Drew just lots lots oh, over there oh, she's a bookworm cool. I well, I remember word. all those kind of books. We used to, at uh, the Blind Scummer, we'd read the um, Hardy Boys, which is akin to the Nancy Drew. But I have a feeling Karen will go over all of that with us on the program tomorrow. Ramya, one down. Welcome to the TV people. Thank you for being with us. And everybody as part of the old Kelly and Company company, you're always in the company, folks. We're waving at you. Talk to you tomorrow at 2 p.m. Eastern. Hello, I'm Sean Priest. Join me monthly for Sean of the Shed, where I introduce you to all the technology that can be so useful to us as blind or partially sighted people. Find Sean of the Shed wherever you find all your podcasts.